So I think it's not it's not a command to be perfect, but an invitation to continually be following Christ more closely and becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. I'm Annabelle, and this is my co-host. Wayne, how are you doing? And today we're going to dive into Philippians chapter 2. Would you pray for us, Dad? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for your love and for your grace. God, as we read and study your word today, I pray that you help us to see your truth and help us to just learn more about who you are and how we can live for you and bring you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Four. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Um, one thing that, that I think is important to remember is that... Uh, Many, 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 many lots of years later, uh, we put chapters and verses into scripture to help us be able to find parts of it. So like this is this just continuing from the end of chapter one, where Paul says that you're citizens of heaven and that it's been granted to us on Christ's behalf to believe in him and to suffer for him. And this is just the next paragraph. So sometimes like those chapter breaks are really big in our brains because like that's how we as Western Christians, modern Christians read the Bible. Um, but this was just a letter. So just remember like whatever Paul was saying at the end of chapter one, he wrote right into this next. It's just, just to him a new paragraph. Um, and I love uh, just Paul's emphasis here on his desire for them to be uh, united, you know, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And just his encouragement to the church or churches in Philippi um, to have that unity in Christ. Right. And going back to your um, chapter thing, uh, mm -hmm. it is one letter that they read at one time mm -hmm. and it's not it's not separated the way we have it separated anymore. So Pastor Sky made us read all of Romans in one sitting. Right. Because it was one one letter that Paul wrote at the same time. So Yeah. No, I think I yeah. think there's great value in in studying it and breaking it into smaller sections and, and really digging into it. But there's also so much value in reading and we did this before we started, read all the way through Philippians, uh, because it's important to see what the whole letter says, because to understand part of it, we need to understand how it fits in the whole letter. Um, right. And with with unity, one thing I think sometimes we we hear unity and we think uniformity. Like Paul is not telling the Philippian church that they all need to be, think, and act exactly the same way. Like like you and I aren't exactly the same, right? We have different personalities. I like chocolate. You don't. I like hot dogs. You don't. I like mac and cheese and you don't. You like mac and cheese and I don't. Like we're, we're different humans and that's okay. But mm -hmm. like we can we can be unified. We can work together. We can strive after the same purpose. And I think that's important in the church. We're not all called to look, think, and act exactly the same. We're all called to follow Christ. But but Christ has made us with our own personalities, with our own gifts. Um, like we are happen to both be drummers. But like if you have a worship team and you're all drummers, I think that would be a pretty sick worship team. Yeah. But not everybody would enjoy a worship team of eight drummers on the platform every week no. praising Jesus on the cymbals. No, and I think that you need other instruments in the worship team too. 
also you just answered one of my questions. So. All right. What was your you. question? Um, do does uh, being in unity mean that you have to all like agree all the time or mm. be the same? So right. no, you don't. Yeah, there's there's ways and there's throughout church history there's things that have that believers have had different opinions on and many of those are not salvation issues. They're not like the core of our doctrine. And it's okay to have different beliefs right. than other Christians and still work together. Right. And and be able to build unity. Um mm-hmm. I'll read verses five through eleven. Okay. Okay. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the sun, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So it's likely that this was a a hymn in the early church, a song that they sang already. It's it's possible that Paul wrote this, uh, this poetry, this hymn, but um, scholars don't know for sure either way, but this is just uh, a really cool summary, and it starts with, Adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And yep. one of the study Bibles says the phrase adopt the same attitude commands the church to value Christ's character as a, a model. Uh, I used to work with Sun Life Ministry, and they're huge on studying the life of Christ and, and how he made disciples and what he did. Uh, I think sometimes we can, uh, like I love studying Philippians and Galatians and Romans and, and the Old Testament. I think there's great value in all of that. But when we look at the life of Christ and how he lived and what he did, um, that's what we're supposed to model our lives at. In another letter, Paul says to imitate me as I imitate Christ, which which feels lofty because Jesus is God and Jesus was perfect. Um, but but Jesus called us, called his disciples, uh, the, the initial 12 and all those afterward, to, to follow after him. Right. Um, something that stood out to me in that, in those few verses is um, that Jesus was obedient even to death on a cross, the criminal's death. Hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. And the, the criminal's death also was like the criminal's death reserved for slaves and the lowest in society. Mm-hmm. If, if you were higher in society and, and needed the death penalty, it wouldn't have been a crucifixion. So it was like the lowest of low ways to die. And, and he humbled himself Um like it's it's confusing to think of Jesus because he is fully God. Uh, in in chapter six, did not consider equality with God. Equality with God uh, indicates his co equality with God. Like he he is God, but he humbled himself of being obedient, death on the cross. We we see Jesus praying in the garden and asking God if there's another way for this to work. Right. Um, so somehow Jesus, as God, in his humanity was asking for something besides the cross as a way for God's plan to work. And that's just, just mind blowing that he willingly Jesus in his human form, laid down his life for us. Right. Uh, another thing from InterVarsity biblical background commentary, new Testament edition, my favorite commentary name. It says, unlike Adam, uh, who being human sought divinity, Jesus being deity, being holy, being divine, relinquished his rightful position of honor. He gave up what was rightfully his to come and to live as a man and to die for our sins. Right. 
It's a very long title. It is, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you want to read verses 12 through 18 for us? Sure. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Good stuff there. Uh, in, in verse 12, right away, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, sometimes we see that and be like, well, what, what work do I need to do for my salvation? Um, and we talked about this a little bit this weekend. We're at Miracle Ranch at a fusion camp. I got to hang out with some of the high school guys as well as shooting a lot of video. It was a hoot and a half, maybe two hoots. Um, <laughs> but, but the question was asked in our group, um, like, do you have to do anything to earn your salvation? And we had some good conversation and, and uh, like we have salvation because of what Christ did. We don't have to work for our salvation. Um, the One of the commentaries I read says workout means to apply our salvation and not to earn it. And when we had a discussion, one of the ways that I thought of it was we, we work from our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. So like because we're saved, because of the great things that Jesus did so that we could be reconciled to God, like because of that, we... We do good works. We glorify God, uh, which leads uh, to to something I had written down that, that our good works show God's glory uh, in Matthew chapter five in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching and teaching, and he says, "You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father." In heaven, so we don't we don't work for our salvation, but because of our salvation, we can continue to work and continue to become sanctified. Sanctification is just the process of becoming more and more like Jesus, and that that takes us working things out on our own. Uh, but then thirteen, verse thirteen reminds us that God is working in you, um, so we're not doing it on our own power as we work it out. Right. Any other Super thoughts cool. from that paragraph? Um obedient when he was there but also more obedient in his absence because he's not there to like make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or doing what he asked them to do and Mm. so um even when he's not there he wants them to be obedient to to jesus and to him and to what he's asking and like um because he's invested in that church and i think that um, he wants them to be obedient even when he's not there because Jesus can still see them and Jesus is still with them, obviously. So he wants them to be able to mm-hmm. like be like obedient when he's there, but like especially when he's not because he's not around. And it's, it's different when someone's not there physically. Like you, you have a dad. I do. And it's maybe easier for you to act in ways that you know that your dad approves of when your dad is around. Yeah. Like, you know, all the same things when I'm there, and when I'm not super true. Um, but Paul saying, hey, like, I love you. I want to be with you. I'm not with you now. But even though I'm not physically with you now, these, this advice that I'm giving you is important for you to live out now and at this time. 
Um, right. In verse 14, he says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Uh, grumbling and arguing or grumbling and disputing uh, had characterized Israel in the wilderness. Right when they, they left yep. Egypt and and they grumbled against God, they're like, "We're gonna die out here. We have nothing to drink. We're gonna die. Here. We've got nothing to eat." Very dramatic. And, and they grumbled and complained against God. And here, here, Paul saying, "Hey, do do everything that you're doing without that grumbling and complaining, mm-hmm. so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless." And that that will show God to the world around us when when we. Um, when we do what we're supposed to without complaining or without arguing, when we are kind to others, that shows God's goodness to a watching world, like like the stars in the sky. Yep. What does he mean by, like, pure and blameless? Because it's like we're not either of those things. Yeah, we're not we're not perfect. Um, but I think we talked about sanctification just a little bit as we— as we continue to be made more and more like Christ, we will become more pure and more blameless. Um, and and as we are forgiven in Christ, like we we know that we will not achieve perfection this side of eternity. But as we follow God more closely, as we continue to to do what He says and to become more like Christ, we'll become more pure and more blameless. And and it's that that goodness and that that pureness that uh, will help other people see God's love in us. So I think it's not it's not a command to be perfect, but an invitation to continually be following Christ more closely and becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Super cool. All right, verses 19 to 24. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like his son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. Super cool. Mm-hmm. So so in chapter one, we talked about uh, Timothy was likely there when Paul was planting the church in Philippi. Um, so like they know him and, and sending messengers was was not easy like we just drove this last weekend like 80 miles to go to this youth camp for the weekend mm-hmm. and like, Worth it. that was that was a really big journey when all you had was either your feet or a horse like you rode a horse for an hour and you probably went like three miles yeah so like if, if you're going places like so for paul to travel from where he is to there it wasn't easy um he, he hopes to send timothy and and he says that he hopes to send Timothy as soon as he sees how things are going with him. So we know that Paul is in prison, probably on trial. So maybe Paul is waiting until he knows more information about um, his captivity to send Timothy to the church of Philippi and let them know. And um, they'd be able to send send one person that would be able to, even uh, when this letter was delivered, to tell more about Paul and how he's doing and what's going on. Because it wasn't as easy as just like, like calling, you know, for, for years and years, we lived 1,100 miles away from Nicole's, from my wife, your mom's parents. Now we live like you. And we live like half a mile, maybe. They're just like right over there. Yeah. Real close. But like when they lived that far away, because of our modern technology, like we had cars, we had planes. So we saw them once or twice a year. We could FaceTime them every week and like have a video call with them. But, mm-hmm. but Paul had to write a letter and had to send it and it took more time to travel so they didn't have that communication but paul here hopes to send timothy and he hopes mm-hmm. also to visit them soon himself 
Yep. All right. You want to read verses 25 to 30 for us? Sure. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed, distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So Epaphrodites has come likely from Philippi to visit Paul. He may have been the carrier of a letter from the church to Paul. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is a response to that letter. Mm -hmm. He may have been the carrier of the letter back from Paul to uh, the Philippian church. And and I, I just, I love Love, love seeing Paul's um, care for the people in the church at Philippi, that, that he wants to send them back so that they can rejoice when they see him, um, and so that Paul will be less anxious about Epaphrodites. Um, he tells them to welcome him. He's, he's been serving the Lord and, and should be welcomed back into the church. Yep. Any other thoughts from you on that paragraph? A couple things. I think that Paul just kind of says everything in his letters because they didn't have modern day Hmm. technology. Mm -hmm. So, like, he just has to say, like, everything all at once. Yeah. We're like, we can, like, send a text and get a text back. So, like, we can have conversations even from miles apart, like, in short bursts. Whereas, like, Paul has to write this letter, which we break up into four chapters, which takes 12 to 15 minutes to read. Yep. Without any any feedback and like the Corinthians letters are longer and Romans is even longer. And like Paul just wrote all of that at one time. He couldn't like say, Hey, you need to do this. And then they give a response and he elaborates on it. He has to just write everything he thinks they need to know. And uh, probably him and the others with him and, and the scribe and all that through those drafting processes, write these letters, but just as, as one big body of work, mm-hmm to put out there without any feedback. Right. Um, and then also in verse 30, I said, because he almost died for the work of Christ, which is really cool and really hard. Cause that's just like, he almost died and we don't, it's not as quite dramatic in America for us. Right. Um, like, but in other countries or other people or whatever, they could be dying or being persecuted or like facing death. Right. Because of Christ, which is really cool and really hard because it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Epaphroditus made that journey but, from, from Philippi to where yeah. Paul was uh, in in chains, in bondage, imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a dangerous road. It was a dangerous trip. Um, but he was willing to make that. And he was willing to he was willing to put on his life on his line to do what God was calling him to do. And you're right, I think sometimes in America, we don't often have that pressure uh we are not Mm -hmm. generally persecuted for our faith um but to sit down Mm -hmm. like to to think about what it means to to truly follow jesus to to lay down our wants our needs as we're told earlier in the chapter to to lay down our selfish and selfish ambitions uh to to serve christ and to do what we feel him calling 
to do. And actually is, mm-hmm. is my main takeaway from this chapter is giving of ourselves to serve others. So we see Paul doing it. Uh, we see Epaphroditus doing it. We see Paul urging them to uh, lay down their own wants and their own desires uh, for the unity of the church and to serve others. Mm-hmm. Was there a, a main takeaway that you had from chapter two of Philippians? Philippians. Yes. <laughs> it would be um, be of like one mind, like one minded, be of like one mind, but that doesn't mean you have to um, always agree with each other. Excellent. Excellent. Are you ready for a question from the cube? Yeah. Can I read it? Absolutely. You can read me one first. We do different questions? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm ready. Would you be likely to survive alone in the wilderness? For 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. Uh... Maybe. If it was just like me not prepared, nothing on me except for the things I carry in my pockets, I would probably be able to survive for a day. <laughs> like, because I might could find water. Um, I mean, I'd probably have my, my phone and my AirPod Pros on me. So, like, I could listen to Andrew Peterson read the Moonfather Saga. Wouldn't you want to call somebody? Well, no, because I have to survive in the wilderness. Uh, but as far as like, uh, Making a shelter, maybe. Like, if I can find water, maybe. Starting a fire without uh, matches and lighters. Nope. (laughs) Not happening. So, Mm -mm. like, if it's someplace kind of warm and it has a river but it's otherwise dry, I... No. No, not more than a day. Right. All right. You ready? Nope. Okay, here we go. What one fear would you like to conquer? What Uh, one fear would you like to conquer? Um... Heights. Heights. And how would you conquer the fear of heights? Going on the giant swing. Going on the giant swing, which you wanted to do this year, but then you didn't, didn't do because my time. stomach hurt and no. I didn't have time. And you didn't have time. Yeah, because I wanted to do horses instead. Horses so. instead, because they're not that high. They're, I mean, they're higher than no. we are. But yeah, but I'm okay with horses. Okay, I'm yeah. also okay with horses. Good. Did right. you do horseback riding? No, I didn't. I just shot a lot of video. Oh, I did not technically do any activities. Sad. Oh, okay. During the activity time. Okay. Would you have done the giant swing given the chance? Yeah, I've done it before there. Yeah, I've done it before at um, Tillicum. It was a whole yep. like ropes course thing, but I haven't done like any ropes course yep. things since then. Giant swing, leap of faith. They had they there, didn't but have they didn't have it open. No. I saw the platform though. Mm-hmm. It was so tall. Yeah. I was like, I was going to think about doing that, but oh no, 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 no. It was like so tall, so, so high tall. up in the tree. Why don't you let us know in the comments if you would be likely to survive in the wilderness? Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button. You can share it with your friends. Uh, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, ratings and reviews, I've heard our good there. And let us leave you with this blessing. Now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.